This is James Montgomery, and this is the Stinger podcast. You know, when you're playing football and you hit somebody really hard and you get this, like, shot up your up your arm and your arm goes numb and it feels like, you know, you might have, like, broke it or something? Well, it's that, but it's for your ears. So I wanted to start today with talking about the Broncos before we get to money, right? betting and fantasy so uh nathaniel hackett was the quarterback coach for aaron Rodgers. okay just just say that out loud like three times nathaniel hackett is the quarterback coach for aaron Rodgers. okay he gets hired to be the head coach for the broncos now again it's early we don't know if nathaniel hackett's bad however you know he started off pretty poorly you know about as poor as you can Another coach who did this was Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia gets the job, you know, if anybody doesn't know who he is, he's the defensive coordinator, or he was the defensive coordinator for the Patriots when they won the Super Bowl against the Rams, and he took a ton of credit for that. And we all know the Patriots now, you know, I early on, it's hard to argue. It, it is. Like, if you're, if you're a football fan, you know that early on in the Patriot dynasty, that Bill Belichick's defense was a lot of the reason why they won those Super Bowls, right? There was like three of them they won early. After that, Brady was coming into his own. He lost a couple, right? They lost that undefeated one. That was that was probably the best game I've ever seen. But they lost the one in, you know, the 07. It was actually in 2008, but the 07 season, they lost that Super Bowl. But Tom Brady was really the reason why this team was very, very good the last, you know, 10 years, right? And we all, you know, any football fan understands that, especially now when he goes to Tampa Bay and wins, right? You know, so going back, Matt Patricia, just take a step back. Matt Patricia, first first game out, gets blown out by the Jets. You know, Todd Bowles is the head coach over there. They ended up winning five games that year. The, the Jets did. The Lions ended up winning six games that year, and it just all went downhill after that. So uh, Nathaniel Hackett gets hired from Green Bay, and it looks bad. Right, they lose the opener to the Seattle Seahawks, who everybody thinks is going to be bad. However, I did like the Seahawks in in game one versus at home versus Russell Wilson. I really did like that. I hated the fact that the fans booed him, which I found out that Pete Carroll, um, basically on talk on their you know local talk radio, was basically egging the fans on to do that, which is like terrible in my opinion because the guy. All he did was win for you. Just stupid. But anyway, whatever. Uh, Pete Carroll is another guy who I just, you know, like as a coach, I guess he's pretty good. But, you know, just just not a good person. And I know somebody who knows him personally who just doesn't like him either. And it's just like, it's like, that sucks. You know, it's like these guys are in these like huge positions of, you know, like fame. And they just, you know, they're just not always the best people. But anyway, whatever. Nathaniel Hackett. Looks, you know, first three games just doesn't look very good. And I know they're two and one. Okay. So I talked to my buddy, he's a Broncos fan. He's like, well, we're two and one. And I'm like, it's, it's ugly. It's like that offense should be better. You're an offensive coordinator. That offense should be good. Right. You got good receivers, good backs. Your O line's a little sus. Becked. I should, I don't like using the word sus. But anyway, your line is suspect, whatever. Okay. That offense should be better. They scored seven, uh, 16 points, 17 points, and 11 points. I get they're 2-1. and one. 
I hope the Raiders beat them this weekend just to like, you know, just so it's like, no, this is what you are right now, you know? And I, I love Russell Wilson. I hope they end up good. I just, they need to lose a game. They do. For that team to come into who they are, they need to lose a game. Now, going back to Nathaniel Hackett, QB coach for Aaron Rodgers. Say it again. He was the QB coach for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers doesn't need a QB coach. I know that you have to pay a guy to do it, but let's be completely honest. He does not need a QB coach. It's like hiring Tom Brady's, you know, it's similar to hiring like Tom Brady's offensive coordinator. It's like, does Tom Brady need an offensive coordinator? You know, like, honestly, say it to yourself. Peyton Manning, Adam Gase got hired because he was Peyton Manning's offensive coordinator. What happened there? Just say it out loud a few times and just tell me if it makes any sense. These guys are over their head. They had a quarterback to cover up any flaws that they had. Let's just say it and be honest about it, okay? And that's what I see with Nathaniel Hackett. Not so much that he isn't, you know, of course he's over his head. Every first-year head coach is, right? You know, but then you see, like, you know, the Miami coach killing it, you know? However, let's be honest, he was handed like a Mercedes. And, well, you could you could argue Nathaniel Hackett was handed a Mercedes too. but. I think it was a little bit more of a, you know, it was like a higher-end Mercedes, right? Nathaniel Hackett was given like a like a moderately used Mercedes or something. You know what I mean? But I don't really think that Nathaniel Hackett is going to pan out, in my opinion. Now, I know it's early. I get it. You know, you got to give coaches plenty of time. I already don't like what I see. Uh, their defense is the only reason it's keeping them in games. It's because Vic Fangio got a hold of them, you know, the last three years. So he built a really good defense and like understanding defense and they would have been better off just keeping Vic Fangio. My, my overall player um, was Cooper cup. Now last year he ended with the most fantasy points by any player ever, you know, in the history of fantasy football. Right. So last year I ended up winning my league and it was a couple things, right? I got Cooper cup in like the fifth round first off so that's like a steal right a lot of people who got him got a steal but <clears throat> my strategy going into draft day you know naturally you want to grab a running back right that's like the natural thing you want to do because they have the most you know they have the biggest ability to uh score <clears throat> more points than anybody in fantasy football uh <clears throat> my strategy actually went away when henry you know, was out. And, and remember, this is last year when Henry uh, got picked. And I really didn't know what running back I wanted. So what I did is I picked Devontae Adams. And then after that, I picked Stephon Diggs. And I had two high-volume receivers and guys that, you know, score a ton of points just off receiving. And you know what? Receivers naturally don't get hurt. Just because of their position, they're not getting hit the same amount. They're not, you know... Um, and if you're in a PPR league, those are really, really good, you know, pickups. So it actually worked out that I lost the running back I wanted. I picked up Mixon in like the third or fourth round and Mixon ended up panning out. Right. So early on in the year, I had Cooper cup, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs and Mixon, right. My team looked stacked. And then I had Stafford and then Dak Prescott and Russell Wilson as my quarterbacks, and my team was pretty stacked, correct? Yeah, that's a stacked team. Now, Mixon had a slow start to fantasy football last year. 
And what I did, I did a very poor, I made a very poor decision by trading him away for Kareem Hunt and a and a backup uh, Naheem Hines for the Colts. It was a very poor trade decision. However, it didn't cost me from winning the league. Now, here was the move of the of the year. Move of the year was I traded away Devontae Adams week 14 for James Conner. And it sounds idiotic. If I didn't, I would have lost the league. So I'll tell you why. First off, Devontae Adams, I think, was rested the last two weeks of the season. So he would have gotten me zero points in the in the final, you know, in the in the in the championship round. And James Conner blew up one of those two weeks. It might have been the last week, too. And I also was able, because I got rid of Adams, <clears throat> I was able to kind of finagle my way to pick up, you know, and not having Mixon, I was able to pick up some running backs off waivers, such as, you know, Der- uh, uh, Williams for Kansas City and Rashad Penny for Seattle, both of which had huge weeks the last two weeks. Uh, Williams only had about 10 carries, but he scored two touchdowns randomly. Uh, and then Rashad Penny also uh, had huge weeks the last two weeks of the season. And if I didn't have mixing out and if I didn't get rid of Adams, none of these things would have happened. I wouldn't have been able to get James Conner. And I had three running – I ended up having three really good running backs in my – two running back positions and my flex position. And, um, I, I mean, it was just for a couple of weeks. And if you have a starting running back, you have no choice but to start him, right? But you don't have the ability to, like, budge and move, you know, plug and play. So my recommendation is that you don't get running backs that you're tied to because guess what? They're probably going to get hurt. And so when you do I, – I just – Take, you know, put a running back lower on the priority. And I know it's like counterintuitive and it sounds really stupid. But the way the league is going is there's a ton of teams that just run two running backs. So a running back's value decreases tremendously. And a receiver, a a high volume receiver has much more value nowadays, especially in a PPR league. And so I just ask you to consider that. And maybe you make a trade. And it's going to, you know, at first it sounds stupid. Like you're going to go trade. I'm not saying trade Jonathan Taylor. I'm saying, you know, one of those, uh, you know, uh, Cook. What's the guy from uh, Minnesota? Uh, Cook. Go trade him for a high-volume receiver. See if somebody will do it. You're just better off because he's probably going to miss four games this year just because he's just he's a running back, and that's just what happens, you know. Or he's going to split, you know, a ton of his uh, carries are going to, or a ton of his touches are going to be taken away by Madison. And it's just his value is going to drop. So it's just something I, I, I encourage you to think about when you're doing fantasy this year is maybe I need to go a different route. Because if you're doing what everybody else is doing, you're just going to, you know, it's, it's all up in the cards. You know, if your guy doesn't get hurt, you're going to win. And if he does, uh, you're screwed. So it's, it just depends on, you know, who you want to be. If you want to be, so, you know, if you want to do things different, just try it out. You probably win just because nobody else is doing that. Ugh. All right. That's my thoughts on fantasy. But anyway, my top 20 this year, and this is how I think it's going to finish, right? 
Well, I shouldn't say that because I don't know if Cooper Cup will finish at the top. But anyway, Cooper Cup's number one, right? Josh Allen, two, which I happen to get both of them, fortunately, in my league. And I don't know how that happened, but I did. Uh, Henry, number three. Jonathan Taylor, four. Debo Samuel, five. Nick Chubb, six. Um, Cook, Minnesota, seven. Tyreek Hill, eight. Eckler, 9. Kelsey, 10. I was able to get Kelsey this year as well, which is kind of crazy. I got three of my top 10 players. Stephon Diggs, 11. Kyler Murray, 12. Justin Herbert, 13. Joe Mixon, 14. McCaffrey, 15. Which, by the way, when I was drafting this year, I didn't even – I took McCaffrey off my list. When I was drafting, I didn't even have him as an option because I didn't want him. He just missed too much time the last two years for me to trust him. Javante Williams, 16. Lamar Jackson, 17. Jalen Hurts, 18. Jamar Chase, 19. Justin Jefferson, 20. McLaurin, 21. I got him. Devontae Adams, 22. Mike Thomas, 23. Miles Sanders, 4. 24. Uh, Damian Harris, 25, which I actually am going to reconsider that. I didn't realize he was 50-50 with uh, Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, James Conner, 25. Amari Cooper, 26. Uh, Jalen Waddle, 27, Mike Evans, 28, C.D. Lamb, 29, and Kamara, 30. And just so you're aware, I, I do think Kamara's volume is going to get cut down tremendously because of how all, they just have more receivers now. They got a lot of receivers over there. And he's gonna be, you know, he's gonna be he's gonna be a good fantasy player, but I just don't think he's gonna be the same guy he has been. Um, and I, I really do think teams are leaning towards giving their stud running backs less touches to preserve their, you know, big play ability. Um, like a guy like McCaffrey, I, you're just gonna see them out of the game more often just because of how much they've been injured in their in their uh, past. And you can just you can get the ball of receivers and get similar production, you know. I think from a head, from a coaching perspective, just get your ball, you know, you can get a ball to a fast receiver and get the same production you would throwing the ball to the back out of the backfield, you know. Um, so getting them set up, you know, kind of like what the, uh, the Niners did with Debo Samuel last year, putting him in weird positions to kind of get a mismatched on a linebacker sometimes. And because that's usually what happens is is when the receiver lines up in the backfield, the linebacker is forced to get put in a position where they're covering them in a man coverage. So I think that you'll see more of that nowadays. Um, yeah. And those are my thoughts, right? That's my philosophy. Now, if you talk to any like fantasy pro type stuff, they say load up on running backs. So I got a buddy. Uh, he got like four top 20 running backs. He just loaded them up. That's another, that's another really good way to win, right? Cause one of them is going to get hurt. You can always replace them. So that's also a good strategy as well. So I'm not saying that don't get running backs. I'm just saying, you know, open up your mind a little bit. If you can't get running backs or, you know, that's what everybody else is doing in your league, go the opposite. You'll probably win that league because your mindset is different. You're not watching the fantasy people. You're not listening to the fantasy people. You're just like, you know what? I'm going to think about this. The, the whole NFL is designed to protect players now. Your quarterbacks and your receivers get hit the least out of everybody. 
Now, quarterbacks still get hurt. People still get hurt. It's just the percentages have gone way down on those two positions. Running backs, the percentage will never change as long as there's running. You know, until it turns into flag football, the running backs will always get hurt. And that's just what it is. And that's okay. All right. Um, so moving on to my next uh, topic, which is betting lines. Um, so like I said, I was 10 and five to start the year. We're starting zero, zero though. Okay. So, um, I'm actually in a competition right now where I have to pick every single spread of every single game, which is insane. And it's really hard. However, currently I am, uh, 26 and 24, I believe. And I can confirm 26 and 23. So doing pretty good. You know, it's not as good as I would like it. Um, but you know, I'm pretty good at picking spreads. I would say, you know, if if you got to pick every single spread, you know, you're going to lose, you know, it's going to be close to 50, 50, you know, if you're above 50, 50, you're doing pretty good. Uh, when I pick winners, I'm very bad at picking winners. I'm right now 500 picking winners total, uh, picking every single game. Um, so just to go through it, you know, this week, this is week we're going into week four, Miami and, um, Cincinnati already played. I had Miami plus three and a half. I thought for sure they would win. But if you really thought about it, Miami, I guess, played 90 snaps on Sunday. They had a short week, you know, on defense, excuse me. On defense, they played 90 snaps. They had a short week. They were in the heat. Uh, if I thought about it a little bit better, I would have gone Cincinnati. However, forget it. I lost that. Okay. Um, I'll give you my best bets at the end. So, also, Minnesota, I got them at minus two and a half early on in the week. I'm taking Minnesota. I think New Orleans is reeling. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, not having Sean Payton is starting to show up. Uh, I really do like Dennis Allen. He's like, you know, like in terms of favorite coaches, he might be like my top three. I probably like him the third most. You know, my, Vrabel's my favorite, and Sean McDermott's my second favorite. And then I would probably put uh, 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 Dennis Allen third. Just because I like, as a defensive coordinator, the guy's a genius. You know, like you've been able to uh, just thwart Tom Brady over and over and over again. And I know they lost the last time they played, but Jameis Winston turned into Jameis Winston and threw, you know, three interceptions late. So it's like, you know, there's not a lot you can do as a coach, right? All the time with that. Yeah, you can only do what you can do. You can control the controllables and your quarterback who's, Turnover prone throwing three picks is not a surprise at all. Um, I do like, you know, I really like New Orleans in the long run. Uh, I, I'm still not changing the fact that I haven't missing the playoffs, but you know, it's close, you know. And this next one, okay, so Atlanta and Cleveland. Now I got a lot of people on Cleveland. I'm going with Atlanta. I think Atlanta's way better than we think. Now, at the beginning of the year, I always pick three teams, right? I pick a team that's gonna be bad. That was good. I pick a team that was good. That was going to be bad, and I pick a dark horse. I'm very bad at this. I haven't done very well. I'm usually like one for three in those picks. However, my team this year was the Panthers. I think I got it wrong. I think it's Atlanta. Atlanta is that team who's going who was bad, who's going to make the playoffs this year, and nobody nobody called it. Not even nobody called. And I'm not I'm not even saying that I'm going to like go back. I guess I am going back, but I had the Panthers. I felt like they were going to be that team because I thought Baker Mayfield was just going to be like chip on his shoulder, screw everybody else. You know, I really thought he was going to play out of his mind. Now Baker playing out of his mind really isn't that much better than what he already is. However, I thought it was going to be better than this. Now, 
Uh, that being said, there's still a lot of time, you know. Uh, but I do think Atlanta is a lot better than we think. I don't think anybody's talking about Atlanta. Uh, they they lost by one point to New Orleans week one, and they almost came back and beat the Rams week two. So it's just like this team is good. They got they got playmakers all over the place. Mariota's a dual threat quarterback. Just just watch out for this team. Like, don't be surprised if they go nine and eight, slip in the playoffs. The NFC is terrible this year. There's really nobody that that's uh, – the Eagles are good. The Eagles are – I think the Eagles are legit. But outside of that, I don't think anybody's good. I think everybody's average. I think uh, Tampa Bay will probably end up going to the Super Bowl just because it's Tom Brady, right? I think they'll find a way in a bad conference to to, to just find a way into the Super Bowl um, just because they got a good defense. And the offense, you know, they just got so many injuries right now. I think they'll they'll come around late. But – the team that makes the playoffs that didn't last year in the NFC that I like a lot right now is Atlanta. And, you know, it might be a seven seed. Maybe they get blown out first round, whatever. But I think they're going to be pretty good. So I got Atlanta plus one and a half there. Uh, the next one is a huge, you know, uh, pros versus Joes type thing. So Dallas is totally inflated right now. Like everybody loves Dallas. They just beat handily a 2-0, and an undefeated football team on Monday night, right? And Daniel Jones, obviously, Daniel Jones actually has never won a primetime game. So it's just like Daniel Jones is not very good. The Dallas defense is very good. So this team is totally inflated. You're and you're going up against Washington, who actually has a formidable quarterback. I know he's, you know, people have their opinions on him. He's been in the pros for a while. The guy can play, right? Um, their team, they got weapons, right? Uh I'm taking Washington plus three and a half. I know it's hard. Washington's let us down last couple weeks. I'm taking them. I think they lose by a field goal, uh, but you get it at three and a half. Now, I think the numbers move to more like two and a half. I think uh, if you were going to bet this, you probably don't bet it at two and a half. You bet it at three and a half earlier in the week. Uh, the other game, so I, I went back and forth on this one. Seattle plus five and a half versus Detroit. I like Seattle. Detroit's star running backs out. Um, they're going to have to rely on other people, which I think Detroit's offense is pretty legit. I actually do. they got a lot of weapons. However, I think Seattle keeps this game closer than we think. I, I don't think they win, but I think they keep it close. Um, Tennessee, um, plus three and a half versus Indy. Now, uh, the the pros, you know, and when I say pros, like pro betters, they're all on Indy because they got the top run defense in the NFL. They got, you know, they're coming off a high off beating the Chiefs, which is a huge win. Uh, I did pick them last week to, to beat, to not to beat the Chiefs, but I thought, you know, six and a half points is a lot for a team in their home opener. You know, uh, I know it was a lot of like special team stuff, but special teams is third of the game, and that's just what, what happens. Um, but Tennessee, there's just something about Tennessee. Now, I want you guys to think about something, right? Last year, Derrick Henry went down. And everybody was like, oh, this team's going to suck. They ended up being the one seed in the playoffs. There's one there's one thing that we can't put into account and we don't have any data on. And that's like strict coach. Like, like, And I, I don't mean like strict coaching like he's a strict coach. I mean like people who know how to coach, it's just different, right? Like Belichick last year just found ways to win games that they should never have won. Right, just because he's a good coach, Vrabel is that kind of coach. Now, you know, I people have their opinions on Belichick. Now, 
I he's still a good coach. I do think he's a little bit sabotaging the organization, which is really weird to say, but it's just I actually do kind of believe it because it's just like so insane how like just how much different the organization is and how how much Tom Brady was just like holding it together there at the end. At the beginning, like I said in my rant opening, I you know, at the beginning it was Belichick, you know, last 10, 15 years has been all Brady, right? So um it's like Vrabel, there's just something about his coaching that I think players just buy into. And I think that's something you can't account for. And I'm going with Tennessee in this game. I think Tennessee finds like I have Tennessee winning that division. They find a way to win that division. I'm telling you right now, it's gonna be ugly. I think Jaguars will, you know, Jaguars are obviously the best looking team right now. I think they will come back to earth at some point. And I think Tennessee just finds a way. It's going to be like eight, nine, nine and eight. It's going to be ugly. It's not going to be pretty. And they just find a way to win that division. And I'm not saying they're going to win anything after that, but I am saying they find a way to win that division. And I they, they've had the Indianapolis Colts number, and I think it's a coaching mismatch. And uh, yeah, so that's enough said. So coming up, uh, Chicago versus New York Giants. Okay. Uh, I have Chicago plus three and a half. I think Chicago wins this game. I really do. I think the Giants were on a high and they just went, came crashing back to earth. Because, you know, when you win close games, you don't really like actually take in the fact that you lost. And, you, you know, yeah, you watch the tape and you're, you know, as a player, you're sitting there looking at the tape and you, you know, yeah, you look at the mistake, but you kind of like, yeah, but we still won. And the Giants just got humiliated on public, you know, on television against backup quarterback. But the, you know, the Cowboys defense is legit. Chicago's defense is also very good. And I really think the the Bears, even though it's going to be an ugly three and one, you know, Bears might win six games this year. And I think the Bears are a really bad team, but they might win six games. And this is going to be one of those six games because the Giants were on a high. They came came crashing back down to earth. Uh, Daniel Jones is, I, I believe they're just going to move off of them after this year. So it's just, uh, just a matter of time. Now, next game, Jacksonville plus six and a half versus Philly. I like Jacksonville plus six and a half. Jacksonville right now is playing out of their mind offensively. The Eagles, their last couple games. Now I know they had big leads. They just haven't done well in the second half. And it could just because they're playing, you know, keep away, right? Which is, you know, it's totally fair to say that. However, the Jacksonville Jaguars offense is really, really good. And this team, oh, their front seven is really, really good. This team's very good right now. I'm not saying they're going to be good in, in two months. Who knows? Maybe they are. Maybe they're, you know, maybe they end up being like the surprise of the year. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of pro betters predicted that. I would never have done that. I would have never predicted that because I just, you know, a team's so bad you can't just like be like oh yeah they're gonna win 10 games like who does that other than like the fan of that team who does that who does that that's crazy all right jacksonville plus six and a half against philly i think that game's tight i think jacksonville might 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 upset them and win that game in philly i think it you know philly i think philly's legit but you know when you're a legit team you gotta lose at some point to like make actual corrections like i was saying and then you change. But when you keep winning, you just you're like, oh, we don't need to change nothing. You know? This might be that game. All right. So uh, but either way, you're betting plus six and a half. That's pretty good, 
right? That's a pretty good number uh, for a team that's doing very, very good. So even if they lose by three, you still win. You still win the bet, okay? So New York Jets, plus three and a half over the Pittsburgh. You know, I, I don't know if they win this game, but this game's going to be ugly. This game's going to be 20 to 17. Uh, maybe, maybe Pittsburgh win, maybe the Jets win. Who knows? It's just bad football teams, and I'm taking the Jets here. Uh, anyway, Buffalo versus Baltimore. Um, Baltimore plus three and a half versus Buffalo. Now this one's really difficult for me because I really think Buffalo is going to come out with their hair on fire, but there's one key. I was reading up on parlays, betting parlays. I don't know if you guys know what that is, where they put up random crap. Like, uh, the running back will, uh, have 20 carries for 80 yards, you know, or a hundred yards. And they will also have three catches. They will uh, – the other team's running back will also have 20 carries for 100 yards and four catches. And the quarterback will throw for 300 yards on both teams. And then the uh, visiting team will win. And it's like pays out 10 to 100. So if you put 10 bucks down, you win like 1000 bucks. It's like – you're just like, oh, my God, all these things have to happen. It's insane. So there was one thing I noticed. There was this parlay. That you know, and the, this Vegas odd makers put these out. So it's like dudes that are paid to do this. They put these things out, and they don't put them out thinking that they're gonna lose a ton of money. You gotta understand this, okay? They put them out knowing they're gonna, probably gonna win, and they're gonna they're gonna get they're gonna hook people and get a bunch of people to bet on random crap. Listen, there was this weird one where it was almost like everything but this one thing stood out to me. So the Bills quarterback is going to throw or has to throw a touchdown to Stefan you know Stefan Diggs has to catch a touchdown he has to throw it to, to him one time anytime doesn't matter and it's like okay well that sounds pretty that sounds pretty you know standard that's going to happen and then it's like Lamar Jackson is going to throw a touchdown at any time or or even run it in and it's like well that's going to happen so all right uh, what's next oh yeah and the uh, the Bills are going to win by more than three. Now, which one of those four things that I just said, is it Stefan Diggs scoring a touchdown? No. Is it Josh Allen scoring a touchdown? No. Is it uh, Lamar Jackson scoring a touchdown? No. But the Bills winning by th more than three, that stood out to me. And it tells me that Vegas knows something we don't. That game's going to be closer than we think. And right now, I got Baltimore at plus three and a half. So if Baltimore loses by three, it's a push. I, I, I mean, if they lose by three, I win because I got the number of three and a half. They have it at minus three right now or, or three-point spread. So if Baltimore loses by three, it's a push, and you lose the bet on that parlay bet I just told you. I'm that, that game, this game right here, take Baltimore to cover the spread at minimum, if not win. And I don't know why, but it was that weird parlay that just stood out to me that you got to watch out for. So go in, you know, if you're betting, if you're serious about this, just go in to the parlays and see how, you know, just look at them and see if there's one that just stands out to you like that. That was a weird one. Okay, next. Uh, Los Angeles Chargers minus five and a half versus Houston. Listen, I had the Chargers minus five and a half. I'm going with Houston. I think the Chargers are hurt right now. I think they're beat up as heck. I don't like them right now. Uh, I think they do. They have to find a way in the playoffs. That coach gets fired if not. So 
I think in the long run they're going to be fine, kind of like the Saints. I think right now they're just kind of in a weird spot. Uh, but Houston right now is playing well, and they're not – they still got energy to, to, to get up for the games. You know, it's – you know, it's when you're zero and eight. That's when you know you, you know that team's gonna get blown out, or you know, once in a while, you know, maybe they'll show up for a game. But, but it's like this team isn't yet at that point, so they're probably gonna cover this game, maybe even win it. Um, Arizona and Carolina. Now, yeah, this is a weird one. You know, I probably wouldn't bet this game if I was putting money on it. But this competition, I mean, I have to pick a side. I'm picking Carolina minus one and a half, just only out of emotion because. I have the Panthers making the playoffs this year just out of emotion. Okay. If if I was a betting guy, I would probably go to the to the Cardinals side, but nah. Okay. Anyway, New England plus I got the number at plus ten and a half. That's insane. Uh Green Bay's off. Uh, yeah, Green Bay is is favored by ten and a half. Now I think the number moved to nine and a half. Listen, Green Bay's offense is not good. It's not good right now. It might be good later in the year. It's not good right now. And the New England defense is very good. This game is going to be under 20 points, similar to last week with the with the with the Bucks and the Packers. You got to take the Patriots here. You have to. You have no choice. You have to take the Patriots. This is like easy money. If you're betting, this is easy money. Easy money. I'm telling you, this is like my, my favorite bet of the week. Take them now. Okay, Denver plus two and a half versus Las Vegas. Ugh. I, I want to take Las Vegas so bad because I picked them as my dark horse team, and they're zero and three, and it's uh, it's it's not good. It's not good. It's not looking good. That division's too tough for them to be zero and three. I think they end up eight and nine, like kind of competitive late, but it's gonna it, the zero and three hole. It's too much. It's too much. Um, it's this one's hard for me. It's really hard because I just don't like Denver right now. I just don't like them. I don't like them. I don't really – and then Vegas is just letting me down big time. Big time. They're letting me down. And I just – it's so hard to pick this one. I got to take – I'm going to go with the pros. The pros are saying take Denver all day plus two and a half. Got to take them. And I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't want to take it. But I, I'm going to go with reason over my heart, you know, on this one. The Carolina-Arizona one, nobody cares. So I'm going with Carolina. Nobody would get upset with me. Uh, but this one, I'm going to go with Denver. All right, Kansas City minus two and a half at Tampa Bay. I think Kansas City is going to blow them out. I don't think this game is going to be competitive. And uh, I think Tampa Bay, you know, like I said, I think they find a way into the Super Bowl this year. I do just because there's nobody in the NFC to kind of like stand up to them. Maybe San Francisco at some point. But it's just, uh, gosh, I, 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 don't, I don't like Tampa Bay right now. Their offenses, they're, they're all beat up. Now, the last game, the Monday night game is – the Rams, I got the number at plus two and a half. It's moved to one and a half. Uh, the Niners have owned the Rams in the regular season, similar to like the Saints owning the Bucks in the regular season. Now, I know the Saints lost to the Bucks recently. I uh, The Niners, not a lot has changed. Not a lot has changed with, with the Niners, and I think they're going to just – they're going to win this game. Uh, you know, if you're betting, I just don't bet this. Don't. Don't do it. But – you know, in this competition, I got to pick a side. I'm picking the Niners side, minus two and a half. So my favorite bets of the week, I do five bets, and this will be on the record. So my favorite five bets of the week, Tennessee plus three and a half. That's not my favorite, obviously, but I'm just, yeah. Anyway, Atlanta plus one and a half, New England plus ten and a half. Uh, and then the under of 39 points in the Giants and Chicago. It's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be under 39, I believe. 
Uh, under 42 and a half in the Indy versus Tennessee, that's going to be an ugly game as well. So I'm taking the unders in both of those, and I'm taking the spreads on the Tennessee, Tennessee plus three and a half, Atlanta plus one and a half, New England plus ten and a half. And this is James Montgomery, and this was the Stinger Podcast. <laughs>